Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us and spending uh, part of your Memorial Day weekend with us um, as we're honoring those who paid the ultimate price. You know, Memorial Day was originally uh, called Decoration Day. And um, it was something that was instituted to uh, begin the healing process in our nation after we were fractured uh, in the Civil War and fighting for different things. Um, This was a unifying idea as all of those who gave their lives um, in this war were were commemorated. They were honored uh, for uh, what they did to place value and worth on this nation. And um, it, it's important to note that they were they were fighting for different things. They valued different things, but their sacrifice, um, it, it showed that the nation was worth it and the things they were fighting for were worth it. You know, there's there's two things that reveal value and worth. And the two things are, are priority and sacrifice. Priority and sacrifice. The things that matter most come first, and they also come at a cost. These are things that... that uh, we prioritize on a regular basis. Uh, and, and when you prioritize something or someone um, and are willing to sacrifice personally, it reveals how important or how important they are to you, how, uh, how much it's worth to you or how much that person is worth to you. Um, so here's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today. What comes first in your life? What comes first in your life? What, what's the most important thing to you? What do you prioritize? Intentionally or unintentionally, we prioritize things every day in life through the decisions, the choices we make about how we leverage our time and our effort and our attention and our resources. Uh, we make these choices based on a number of different factors. Um, uh, they, some of these are related to our interests or our preferences. Uh, maybe your values, your wants, our needs, even our fears play into what we prioritize in life. And, and so that, that necessitates the question in our context of what's the role of faith and God in that? Um, how, how do you prioritize faith and God? And how does faith and God play into what you prioritize in life? My, my guess is um, if you prioritize attending um, or participating in church, if you're showing up with us today, you value your relationship with God and are at least attempting him to put him first in your life. Um, and, and if you're somebody who's not a Jesus follower, or you don't consider yourself religious, um, you're likely joining us today because you're at least exploring the idea of prioritizing God or faith in your life. Or you're wondering if prioritizing God or faith in your life would add value Uh, to your life. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. And I want to talk about in the context of a very, very old ancient law. And the the law is called the law of first, the law of first. Now, the law of first is something that, that um, is, it it can be traced throughout the scriptures. In fact, um, this law uh, is, it it can be traced uh, 
throughout the Old Testament scriptures and the New Testament scriptures, but this was a memorial practice. And, and as a matter of fact, um, the scriptures we're going to look at today span 21 ye- uh, 2,100 years of historical literature in the Bible. Um, the institution of, uh, or the installation, excuse me, of the, the law of first in Exodus 13 uh, was after um, uh, God had, had rescued the Israelites. Remember, he rescued them. Uh, they were in slavery in Egypt. He rescued them out of e- slavery in Egypt. And after that, this is what he said in Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 11, he says this, after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. So he's, he's leading them towards this promised land. After he brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised an oath to you from your ancestors. Um, You are to give over, after God gives to you, you are to give over to the Lord, the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Now, when this this was instituted, uh, this was instituted to commemorate, remember, God's provision and God's protection as he led them out of slavery from Egypt, he led them through the wilderness. He protected them. He provided for them on this journey towards this promised land. And after he gave over this land to them, he said, here's what I want you to do. Uh, The first of every womb, the first of all your, your households, the first of all your livestock, it belongs to me. So the first thing to note is that the first the first belong to God. That's first, the first part of this, this law of first, that the first belong to God. And then they're instructed about how this works, because what does it look like to give over to God the first? He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So there's, there's some strange things going on in here. And, and to get some context, we'd have to go back to Le- Leviticus 11, which we don't have time to do today. But he's basically using this lamb and this donkey to represent clean and unclean animals. And in Leviticus 11, it talks about the, the animals that were clean and unclean. And this was primarily in their, their dietary codes. But here's, here's what he's saying. The Lord's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sacrifice the firstborn of all the clean animals, like the lamb. And then w- with the donkeys, um, they're, they're not worthy of a sacrifice. So, so you have this, this lamb that's, that's first, this, this lamb that's going to be sacrificed. And, and, and it's because the Lord had deemed this, this animal clean. And, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly why this animal is clean and why the donkey was deemed unclean. I mean, it, some of you who are in the medical profession, maybe you could explain this more. Um, and I apologize. I'm not sure why my sheep look like my clouds and my trees, if you've been a part of my previous drawings, but that's just sort of the way this, this works out. But this, this lamb represented the clean animals and they were to be sacrificed. The first one, it was to be sacrificed. But when, you, when it came to the donkey, the, the sacrifice of a donkey because it was an unclean animal, it was not acceptable to God. And so when, when it came to the donkey and, you know, poor donkey, but that's just sort of the way it is. Um, when it came to the donkey, the donkey was supposed to be, uh, he was supposed to be redeemed, which, which is weird because he's unclean, but he doesn't have to give his own life. Um, so this, this all seems a little bit backwards, but the unclean animals needed to be redeemed. And so what he said was, you need to sacrifice one of the clean animals for one of the unclean animals. So what they would do is they would sacrifice one of the lambs for each of the, the, the firstborn of the donkeys or the unclean animals. And then he also says that the firstborn sons who were also deemed as unclean, they also needed to be redeemed with a lamb. And this became a, a common memorial practice for them. 
Because the first not only belonged to God, but this is an important concept. The first redeemed the rest or the first portion redeemed the rest. And this is what, what God was saying was like, hey, if you'll give to me the first, you'll give to me the best. And he later he calls us the first fruits. If you'll give me the, the first fruits and the first best, I'll redeem or I'll bless the rest. And then he tells him why. He goes on in the very next verse. He tells him why this is. And it's like, hey, when people ask you why you do this, in fact, he says this, in the days to come, when your sons ask you, when the next generation is asking you, hey, what does this mean? This is sort of this strange practice that we do in sacrificing or deeming things and, and this, this practice that we have. What does this mean? This is what you're going to say to them. Um, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Here's what he's saying. He's, he's, what, what God did was he provided and he protected us. And because of that, we do this. We, the, he said, the first belonged to me. This is how you're going to commemorate. The first belonged to me. And the first redeemed the rest. And the first are to be returned as a reminder. The first are to be returned as a reminder of God's faithfulness, of God's protection, of God's protection and God's provision in your lives. So God's protection and provision are, are what are, are this is commemorating. And then in Leviticus, as, as you move on to Leviticus, and I, I know you spend a lot of time studying and reading through Leviticus, at least those of you who like to fall asleep quickly. Uh, in Leviticus 27, this law is given to formalize this practice. And, and the law specifically was stated this, that a tenth of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. So it's not just the first of, of the livestock and the first of the wombs of, of all the living things, but, but when it comes to your crops, the, a first portion, and this is a tenth, a tithe just means a tenth. A tenth was the first portion. It's the first of the crops. This is to be given to God. Now, the reason God set this up, because this seems like a, a little bit of a strange thing in our world. It's like, okay, you're going to sacrifice. You're going to pr- create an offering. Um, this, this memorial practice is going to be something we do towards God on a regular basis. And here's why God that set this up is because he knew it would be easy for them to forget. They would forget his provision and his protection in the past as they moved into this promised land, especially as they became affluent as they became blessed, as, as they began to experience all the blessings of, of following God and trusting God, and they would come into this land, and he knew that they would be tempted to forget exactly what happened. And interestingly enough, that's exactly what happened. They forgot. Some 800 years later, if you were to fast forward, um, they became out of the habit, you could say, of tithing, of giving to God the first, of giving to God the first crops and what most uh, people say that the great um, uh, Italian prophet Malachi, um, actually Malachi is how you pronounce it, Malachi. In Malachi 3, he's explaining why the, the people were not experiencing God's blessing. They're, they're in exile at this time. And now they've been overtaken by their enemies and they're no longer sort of free in this promised land and things are not going well for them. And, and they're not even sure why. And Malachi sent by God, this is what he says, and this is sort of lengthy, but, but listen to this language. It's so significant. He says, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. So your ancestors got it right. They did what I asked them to do, but you've turned away from my decrees and you've not kept them. 
return to me, he says, and I will return to you. If you'll turn towards me, if you'll return to me, I will return or I will turn towards you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how will we return? And so God's sort of creating this dialogue. He's like, okay, we're not conversing because you're not smart enough to answer your questions and you're not smart enough to know the questions to ask. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to dialogue with myself as if I'm, I'm having a, a sort of intelligent conversation with you, which I think is sort of, sort of comical. So before they can even ask a question, God says, but you ask, how will we return or how are we to return? Which is the right question to ask. And then God answers and he says this. He said, will a mere mortal rob God? Which is like, wait, wait, where did that conversation from? That's that you just changed subjects. And he's like, no, no, listen to me. Would a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? Now you would ask, how am I robbing you? Again, helping them ask the right questions. How am I robbing you? And he says this, he says, in tithes and in offerings. It's related to this law of first. You're robbing me in the memorial practice of giving me the first of your tithes and your offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And, and he's basically saying, look, here's what, here's what you're not doing. You're not doing what I asked you to do in the beginning. And, and I asked you to bring the first to me. And I, I told you that the first belonged to me and that you're to bring those to me to remember and they're to be returned to, to remember what I've done for you and you've forgotten. And the reason you've forgotten is because you've gotten out of the habit of this memorial practice that I gave to you. And then God says something that he doesn't say anywhere else in the Bible. And that's something we should pay attention to. When God says something that seems to be different than, than something he says anywhere else, it's something we ought to pay attention to. This is what he says. He says, test me in this. Nowhere else in the scripture are we given permission to test the Lord, but he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour down so much blessing that there, will be, there won't be enough room to store all of it. This is often misused. And uh, if you're starting to shrink back or you're getting PTSD from past sermons, look, at, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and, and try and like manipulate you with this in, in such a way that would say like, look, if you'll give to God, he'll bless you financially. Or if you'll give to God a certain amount, he'll return to you a certain amount. I mean, I think there's, there's some evidences of that in the scripture. I just don't think this is exactly what this is saying. God's saying, look, you've forgotten this memorial practice and you're, you're escaping or you're, you're outside of my blessing at this point. You're escaping this, this, this memorial practice that I instructed you to do. But in so doing that, you're, you're also missing out or you're escaping uh, unintentionally the blessing that I have for you. Uh, what's promised here, rather than, than a, a sort of an abundance of, of possessions or of wealth, is the abundance of God's blessing and provision. It's his provision, he says. Look, if you'll return to me, I will provide for you in a way that I've always provided for you. And, and I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines of your fields uh, will not drop the fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. This is, this is about his pr protection. It's, he's saying, look, if you'll return to me and you'll return to this memorial practice and you'll, you'll again prioritize me. We said this at the beginning, when you value something, when there's something of worth, you prioritize it and you sacrifice for it. And he's saying, I, I want you to show me that I am a priority. I am the priority of your life. And, and I'm, I'm gonna call on you. I'm gonna ask you to make a sacrifice 
in that way and an acceptable sacrifice to me. You have to return the first. This is the last piece of this. The first must be, and they were required to be, returned first. They were required to be first. They belonged to God. They redeemed the rest. They were returned as a reminder, and they needed to be returned first in order to be acceptable to God. Now, this is, this is sort of the history of the installation of this practice, and God's sort of trying to, to get them to come back to this practice, but this isn't even where it originated. Some of you would go, well, that's the Old Testament law. That's the Old Testament covenant. But this is like from the very beginning. If you go back to some of the earliest scriptures, Cain and Abel, the first offspring of, of the first man and woman, uh, they, they made offerings to God. You may, may remember the story. And Abel's offering was acceptable to God because he gave God of his first and best. And Cain's was not acceptable. And from the very beginning, this, there was no law. There was no instruction. They were just making an offering to God based on what God had blessed them with, the way that God had provided and protected in their world and in their lives. And Abel prioritized God and he sacrificed the best for God. And Cain didn't. And so God accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering. And the reason is because Abel gave his best and first and Cain didn't. And then, and then after that, this is still pre-law. This is before the law was given to Moses. This is before Leviticus and all the laws were detailed out and we made laws that backed up laws. Abram, before he was Abraham, Genesis 14, after God had blessed him, God had rescued him and said, I'm going I'm to lead you to a better place. I'm gonna, I want you to come with me to this land that I'm going to show you. He said to Abraham, uh, he, said, he said, I want you to come with me and I want you to prioritize me. And, and because of that, even without, we don't have any record of God giving him this instruction, Abram gave a tenth, we're told in Genesis 14. He gave a tenth of everything that he had to God. This was his way of prioritizing God through sacrifice. And then Isaac and Jacob, uh, his son and grandson, they, they would follow suit and, and Joseph would as well. And you can read through the story of the scriptures how, how this continued throughout the people of God. Now you would say, well, what about the New Testament? How does this come in? Was there any, any evidence of this continuing in the New Testament? And it's interesting, Jesus spoke uh, specifically on tithing and it, it's, it's sort of undervalued. People don't realize this. He, he actually, in so doing, he raises the bar in Matthew chapter 23. Um, and he also talks about this in Luke. You can, you can look both of these up later, but I'll just read you a, a quick, uh, a bit of this. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? You're hypocrites. He, he's basically going to pick on them because they've taken the law. They've taken this practice of tithing and they've manipulated it. And, and he said this, you're careful to tithe even the tiniest of income from your herb gardens. You, you basically, you're worried about what everybody else thinks of you. And so you're going to, to the letter of the law, you're going to tithe even in the smallest things, but you ignore the important aspects of the law, justice and mercy and faith, meaning you mistreat other people. You're, you're not for the justice of all people and you don't show mercy on people who haven't gotten this right because you've gotten it all right and you're judging other people and, and, and you're not trusting me in this. You're just doing it to look good to other people and, and he's basically opposing them. So it feels like, okay, so is this not important anymore? Like tithing's not important, which is the question they would ask. But he answers this. He, in, in the very next phrase, he says this, you should tithe. Yes, you, you, this is something you should do. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should tithe but don't neglect the more important things. Basically saying, it's not just about being so legalistic about this, that you do this so that other people see it. Like that's not the point. 
It's not the point that everybody knows and that everybody sees what you do and how you tithe and how you prioritize God through this giving. He, he says like, there's way more important the spirit of this. You're, you're honoring God for his protection and provision. This is gonna keep your heart close to your God. It's gonna cause you to remember what he's done for you, the mercy that he's shown you, the grace that he's given to you. And if you'll stay close to that, you'll prioritize more important things like, like offering that to other people. Jesus talked about this in, in terms of this, this sort of giving and this sort of prioritizing uh, this, this tithe in, in, in eternal terms as an eternal investment. He, he says just a couple of verses later, he says, uh, in Matthew, he says, like, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven. And we've just talked a lot about heaven. And he said, anything you sacrifice in this world, you can go back and look at this in the series, anything you, you sacrifice in this world, I will pay back a hundredfold. I don't know what that means, but a hundred times your sacrifice and your investment when it's done honestly and it's done in such a way that, that, it, that it's, it's, it's true to who you are. And you're doing this with an authentic heart to honor God for his provision and your protection. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is just, this was too good. Uh, this was too good not to draw. Like, I love this, this idea. And there's a progression here. And, and it's, it's important to see this because I actually think this will help you. This, this, this visual uh, helps, I, it helps me. I think it'll help all of us to know specifically um, how this works. So, so he says, look, here's your treasure. And this treasure, it represents all the things that you value most. And, and this is typically, we, we connect this with our income, but you have a certain amount of income, a certain amount of value, and everything that comes to you comes from God. And these are things that God blesses you with that we treasure in this world. And sometimes we forget that it comes from God. And he says, look, here's what I want you to do. I, how I want you to store things up is I want you to prioritize my kingdom. And this is connected, deeply connected to the law of first. I want you to give this tithe uh, to store up treasures in heaven, to invest in the kingdom of heaven. And when you do so, there's something extraordinary that happens. And, you know, we, we, I think we minimize this. We say it's, it's about the heart, but it's, it's really more about the heartbeat. The heartbeat of your life becomes more similar to the heartbeat of God. And, and so it looks more like this, like it's not just your heart. It's not just like your emotions. It's like the heartbeat of your life. It, it, it becomes um, this sort of thing that connects with the heartbeat of God. When you invest your treasure in what God's up to in the kingdom of God in this world and how he's building his kingdom, particularly we're told in the New Testament through, through his church. And he says, like where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And then he goes on, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one, you'll despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Like, you're going to choose. And, 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 you know, Malachi said it, you're either going to choose to give to God what's, what's God's, what belongs to him, and, and remind yourselves of what he's done for you, or you're going to rob God. Jesus says it a little differently here, but it's the same idea. You're, you're going to either choose to serve God by prioritizing him and sacrificing for him. Or you're gonna to choose to serve money. You're gonna to choose to make stuff uh, the God of your life. 
And, and there's this, this choice. You're, you're actually, this is what this looks like. It's like you've seen these signs before. It's, it's, it's like you've come up on a sign like this. And God's blessed you with a lot of things in your life. And you've come up with this, you've come up against this sign and, 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 it, and it shows you two paths to go on. And he's basically saying, look, where your treasure is, that's going to lead to where your heart is. And ultimately that's going to determine the path that you choose in life. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And that leads to determine where the path is that you're going to follow uh, in your life. This is why the first were returned first. And they return first because you're going to have a choice in life and, and, and they have to be returned first in order for God to honor it. Because, and, and this is why, because God cannot be second. I mean, many times, if we're really honest, if I'm really honest, um, I don't put God first in my life. Many times in our lives, God is second in our lives, but make no mistake, God is never second. He cannot be second. And the reason he can't accept, or the reason throughout the scriptures, we don't see God accept and bless the leftovers, like, like with Cain in the story of Cain and Abel. And when others didn't give of their first and their best, the reason God couldn't bless and accept that is because it's against his nature. God is preeminent and he can't settle for anything less. He can't settle for our leftovers. He can't settle for our pocket change. He says, look, everything that's come to you has come from me and I've blessed you and I'm asking you to make me a priority. Remember what we value when something's of worth to us. This is the worth we're ascribing to God and and is he preeminent or is he not? And if he is, then then we prioritize him and we sacrifice for him. And that's the whole idea behind this law of first. Jesus said it this way. He said, look, These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's basically saying like, they they talk a good talk. They show up and they sing the songs and they they quote the scriptures. This was the Pharisees. They they do all the right things to look good among other people, but their hearts are far from me because they're not doing this with an authenticity that says, I'm engaging in this practice of prioritizing God with my treasures to be reminded of God's provision and protection in my life. The Apostle Paul instructed some new Gentile believers in, in, in Corinth uh, of how to do this specifically. And, and this isn't, again, this isn't about uh, being legalistic about this, but he says, look, if you want to know how to put this into practice, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So that's a percentage. You should pick a percentage in keeping with your income and this should be consistent. You should decide in your heart that there's a a percentage, a sum of money in keeping with your income and and saving it up. You should put it aside. In fact, what what they did in the New Testament is they actually would all save it up together. They would all put it in a pot and save it aside and put it together so that when I come, Paul says, no collections will have to be made. I won't have to come door to door checking you to find out if, if you gave an amount. You should decide ahead of time. And, and this, is, this is how this practice has, has played out and, and, and followed us into our world now. He says, look, I, you should set aside together as a church, as a body, as a gathering of believers, set aside this amount so that when I show up and there's, there's cost, there's work that needs to be done, I can come and I don't have to collect and I, get, I don't have to go around and say, hey, have you set aside the amount you're supposed to set aside for God? And have you set aside your, your, your first and your best and your tithe for God so that we can continue the work of the kingdom? Paul's saying like, here's what you should do so I don't have to come check on you. Like that's not even the right way anyway for this to work. You should purpose this 
in your own heart. He gave the same instructions to the Galatians. And, and so the, the thing that I would say is like, I don't see any clear departure. Like this seems incredibly consistent from the Old Testament to the New Testament, this law of first continuing on and on. And here's what's interesting. In the New Testament, people gave even beyond that. They, they, wanted, they wanted this movement to move forward. And what's, what's so wild to me is in our culture, like when we make an investment in something or we give to something, we wanna hear what happened with our investment. Do you know what's interesting about the first believers? They likely never heard about the fruit of their investment. They probably were never told. They never knew what happened as a result of their willingness to set aside these funds. And as Paul would come through town or some other missionaries or believers would come through town, they would take these resources and they would celebrate. They would thank these people and they would, they would thank them for their obedience and for their honesty, trusting God with the outcomes of what would happen with that. And they're not looking for a report back, although Paul would write back and say, hey, here's the things that are happening with your, your, your investment. But you know, today there's believers around the world because a few people decided because of God's protection and provision in their life, they were gonna participate in this law of first. And they were gonna make an investment. They were gonna prioritize God. They were gonna make God first by making a sacrifice on a regular basis. Paul said on the first day of the week, they were gonna set aside a percentage in keeping with their income. So back to our original question that we started with, like, so what comes first in your life? Really, what, what, what comes first? You know, something that's universally true, and, and you know this, something that's universally true is that our priorities show up on our bank statements. You know, this, people get uncomfortable when you talk about this, but like, you know, in, in our world, like this is how you know. Like you, if you're a financial planner, you sit down with people and you know what they prioritize. You know what they value most, whether they're the right things or not. You just look at their bank statement. You look where they spend their money. And if you want to know what's most important to someone, you just look at their bank account. You look at the history of their spending. In fact, this is a sobering thing. We do this from time to time. My wife and I will, will look down all of our expenses and say, what did we prioritize this month? And this is like especially important in the midst of like uncertainty, like in our world. And I think it's timely. We're talking about this, but you know, just, just so you know, like we planned this like months ago, but it's so interesting and we planned this when, when things were going really, really well. And it's interesting, like we're in the midst of this crazy out of control inflation and the markets are in sort of this free fall and there's this looming recession that, that everybody's saying is going to come. And it's, it, it's, I just think it's so important right now. Like, what, what are you prioritizing? Because what you prioritize is, is an indication of what or who you're trusting in for your future, for your future provision and your future protection. Like, are, are, you, are you trusting in your ability to, to, to amass a, a nest egg? Are you trusting in your ability to, to pick the right investments? Or are you prioritizing it? Are you sacrificing for what's most valuable to you? And, and that's God's provision and God's protection. Maybe what you're, another way of thinking about this is what you're most thankful for. You know, we lose sight of this a lot, that Jesus was a rabbi. And this is him teaching. He, he's, he, these teachings are, are things that, that people valued a lot because it's like Jesus saying, this is the right way to go. And his teachings were about guiding people in the right way to go, guiding people to experience the maximum amount of life. 
a guide to the best way to live. And, and, and he's, he's saying like, look, this, this treasure, this, the, where, where your treasure is, what you, what you invest in in terms of your treasure, that's going to, that's going to, it's going to do something to your heart. Like what you invest in most, you're going to become, your heart's going to become attached to. And then that's ultimately going to play into the decisions and the directions you go in your life. And, and that's sort of like the, the way about things. Like that's the way, that's the way, you know, we, we follow um, prioritizing God with my money leads me to make him the priority of my life. And when God's first, everything else seems to fall into the proper place in its life. When, when I prioritize, when there's, there's more ways to prioritize them than just my money, but like, this is the one we have the hardest time with because it feels like, oh, the church or God's out to get my money. And it's like, no, Jesus, this is, this is Jesus, the rabbi teaching going, no, no, this is, this is a really old, like ancient principle that the people of God have been practicing for a really long time. And it was an effort to be reminded of how I'm going to, how I'm going to put God first, how I'm going to prioritize God in my life. Because when I put God first, everything else falls into its proper place. And when God's not first, everything seems to sort of get out of order. And I lose sight of what's most important. And I lose sight of what really matters. The, the things, they get out of order and they, they become sort of chaos. And here, here's the thing I would tell you, you know, in my life, um, I've for, for 25 plus years, uh, I've experienced aligning my life to this principle. Um, Jen and I tithe uh, 10% plus of our income on a regular basis. And, and we've been doing this. I, I cheated. So I've been doing this like since my very first job. My, my parents told me in my very first job, like, hey, if you don't tithe, if you don't give a 10% a a of what you give, you can't work. And I wanted to make money. So like I, I decided, okay, I'm going to do that. And like as a teenager, like, I, that's when I started. And so like, I've been doing this, you know, every two weeks since I got my first job. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we do this not to be legalistic about this. And I'm not suggesting you should be legal, but, but this is, here's the thing. We do this because this is how we believe we align our lives with this law of first, you know, laws are things that just how the world works. And what the scriptures teach us over 2,100 years of literature and the teach the scriptures, it tells us over and over and over that when we prioritize with our treasure, with our income, with, with those things that they sort of provide for us in life and, and, and that we put our security in, they, they sort of protect our well-being. Like when we give a portion of that first, it, it affects our hearts and it aligns our lives to what matters most. Our treasure, when, it, when, it, when our treasure goes one direction, our heart follows that. And we believe that returning the first of what God has given to us, what we've received from God is how we prioritize God in our lives and how I prioritize God in my life. And so hey, here's what I want to challenge you with. Um, I don't believe God will be first in your life until you prioritize God with your finances. And so this may be a bit unconventional or, or maybe, maybe you think this is a great idea, but I want to, I want to propose a tithe challenge to you uh, over the next three months that over the next three months, you would choose that you were going to do exactly what God invited you to do. You're going to test him with your finances. And, and the way you could do that is you could pick a percentage, like Jesus said, and you may decide it's a tithe, a 10%. But, you know, Jesus also said each person should decide in their own heart. They should purpose in their own heart how much to give and not to give reluctantly and not to give out of pressure, but to give cheerfully. 
and to give in terms of a priority to give to give first to God. And so you should you should decide for you what, what's the percentage for you, but but then you should schedule it and you should automate it. And we have actually a, an amazing tool. If you go to you go to our website at buckheadchurch.org forward slash give, you can go on there. It's super easy to do. You can you can automate it monthly or weekly or bi-weekly. But if you go on and schedule your giving and you decide I'm gonna give first, I'm gonna give first to God and 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 I'm gonna propose that you do that over the next three months. And if I'll just make a deal with you, in fact, um, I'll go one step further. I'm going to help you to test God. I'm going to help you in this challenge. Um, this will be a test for all of us, actually. Um, if you decide to do that and give for the next three months, in fact, if you'll do it before June 1st, that, that's this coming Wednesday. If you'll do it before June 1st and you'll give, you'll, you'll schedule and you'll automate your giving for the next three months. If you'll choose to, to schedule and automate it for the next three months, if at the end of those three months, you don't sense God's blessing in your life, you don't sense something changing in your heart, you don't see a tangible difference in your relationship with God, we will absolutely give you every penny of your money back. I'll give it back to you. And, and like Costco, I'll do it with no questions asked. We'll return it with no questions asked. This is, for me, this is not about getting your money. I don't, I don't need anything from you. I don't need something from you. I want something for you. Jesus, actually, this is, this is what I want for you. I want for you to be reminded um, on a regular basis of what Jesus has done for you. Do you know that Jesus aligned his life with the law of first in the most extraordinary way? Jesus aligned his life to this principle in a way that's so central that we dare not leave it behind. Here's why. I want you to think about this. Um, if we go back to Exodus for a minute and, and these animals that were clean and that were unclean, you remember the clean animals were to be sacrificed and the unclean animals were to be redeemed. And then he said, the firstborn of your sons or your sons, they, they needed to be redeemed. Um, and the reason was, was because the first redeemed the rest. Hey, here's my question for you. Were you born clean or unclean? I know I'm on the other end of a camera, but you can answer. If you're at home or riding the car, were you born like there's, the thing is, if you get it wrong, nobody knows because there's not really anybody around you. Were you born clean or unclean? Yeah, you you were born unclean. I was born unclean. Was Jesus born? What the scripture tells, was Jesus born clean or unclean? Yeah, if Jesus was born clean, the clean was sacrificed to redeem the unclean. Do you you know what this means? I hope you never forget this. Jesus was God's tithe to redeem the rest of humanity. You see, this is why this is so important. This law of first goes to the heart of the gospel. The practice of tithing is in effect uh, something of of a memorial of the sacrifice of Christ. A A memorial is something established to remind people of a person or an event. And so when you tithe, when you decide to prioritize God with your giving, you're building God's kingdom, yes, but on a regular basis, this is your, remor- your, your memorial for God's protection and God's provision for you through the gospel, through the sacrifice of Christ, how he redeemed you. Do you know every two weeks, um, I receive a notification because my wife and I have done this. We've, we've automated our giving, which you'd say, you know, that seems sort of like rem- uh, you know, sort of like a rote thing. Like, does that, is that really meaningful? But I have to tell you, every two weeks when I receive a notification on my phone that my church, our church, has received my tithe, here's what I'm reminded of. I'm not reminded of that I, the fact that I'm giving money to the church. I'm reminded of what Jesus did for me. 
I'm reminded of the sacrifice he made for me. And here, here's what I want. You know, one day, um, as, as it told, we're told in the scriptures, one day my kids are going to ask me about this. And one day as I sit with each of my kids and, and I tr- sort of help them understand how to budget and handle their finances and, and do it with great stewardship, I'm going to eventually show them our whole budget. They're not ready for that right now because they're not, you, you know how this is. Kids are little, they, they're not, they don't understand all the numbers. But one day I'm going to show them and you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, Dad, why do we give so much money to the church? Like they're going to see a big amount because it's bigger than 10%. Like they're going to see an amount that goes out every two weeks. Why do we give so much money to the church? And you know what I'm going to tell them? I'm going to say, well, because Mr. Andy, he checks our giving records, how much we give to the church. No, I'm not going to say that. It's not because uh, somebody checks my my giving records. It's not because I want to go to heaven. It's not because I'm the pastor and I think if I don't do it, nobody will do it. That's that's none of that's why I do this. I actually plan to tell them the real story about their dad. I plan to tell them about my greatest faults and my greatest shortcomings. I plan to tell them the truth about my sin and my personal need for a savior and the gratitude I have for the way that God provided for me. My my desire to honor God for his provision and protection and to prioritize his efforts to help rescue and redeem other people just like he did me. And then I'm going to tell him story after story of how God has more than multiplied that with continued blessing, with his provision and his protection in my life. I I know for some of you, this seems scary. It seems big, but the blessing of participating in what God is doing, the sensitivity that's created by choosing to align your life to this law of first, by choosing to prioritize God in your finances, I I promise you, if you'll test God in this, he's going to do something in your heart. And it may seem scary or it may seem impossible to you because you look at your finances like, I don't have enough to give. Jesus made another promise in Matthew chapter six. He said this, he said, if you'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. All the things, uh, refers to the things that you're worried about, the provision, the protection, the future. God says, if you'll prioritize my kingdom and my righteousness and the spread of that in the world, then all these things, they're going to be getting, they're going to be added to you. I will make up for that. Here's what I believe with all of my heart. I believe that the path, this path, you're you're choosing a path when you choose either participate or not participate with the law of first. The, The path to discovering God's best is choosing to put God first in your life. Jesus said, where your treasure is, That's where your heart will be. That's the direction your life will go. And that's what you will ultimately serve in your life. See, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I want you to remain sensitive to the gospel that rescued you, the way that God protected and provided for you through the sacrifice of Christ and choosing to prioritize God, choosing to sacrifice a portion of what he's entrusted to you because he asked you to out of obedience. It will do something in your heart and in your life to lead you down the path of God's best for you in your life. Once again, thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.